Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I am Tina Marks, your host. Today's guest is a former NHL player. He is a 1994 Stanley Cup champion, has his own podcast, founded the Hartman Academy. Up next, Mike Hartman. Welcome, Mike. Finally, I get to see you in person. I was on your podcast and um, it was not video. So welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, so great to put a face to the name. Yeah. Great to be here. Thank you. So um, in case our audience and viewers and listeners don't know, you are a uh, ex-professional athlete. You used to play for the New York Rangers hockey, correct? I did. I started out in Buffalo. So I played five years for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh -huh. I played one year. One, yeah. One year out of high school in the NHL. I fooled them. I tell people I fooled them a little bit, but then I played, uh, then I got traded in a big deal to the Winnipeg Jets. And then from there I was sent to Tampa and then traded to the uh, New York Rangers. So I've, I've made my way around and moved around a lot. Now, is that, you know, I've always wondered, is that like by choice or do you, you know, can you say, no, I don't want to be traded. I, you know, obviously you're not talking to somebody that follows this uh, rigorously, but um, I've always kind of wondered that because I know in, in football that happens quite a bit. So, I mean, do you have a choice in the matter? You really don't unless you're a superstar and you have a no trade clause, but that wasn't me. I was one of those guys that were just happy to be there. So I, you don't have a choice and, you know, you work as hard as you can to, to be there. And, and they used to say, here's a little analogy, a little example. So for me, I was doing everything I could to stay up in the big leagues and never go backwards. And I never understood it when I was young, but they, it's 60 miles from Rochester, New York to Buffalo. And our minor league team was in Rochester. So I'm in Buffalo playing really well. And the coach said to me, I just want you to think about this. So a coach told me it's 60 miles to Rochester. So if you play in the big team, that was our NHL team, the Sabres, and the minor league team was Rochester. So it's 60 miles from Buffalo to Rochester, but it's 120 back. So we talk about mindset and it was so tough to get back. So they told us once you're down, you better not stay down. It's twice as hard to get back. So you better work hard while you're here. Oh, you know what? That's really interesting because I say that to my clients all the time. It's about staying in momentum. And the minute you fall out of, it's kind of the same analogy, right? Because the minute you get out of momentum, it is harder to get back into that, right? I mean, I just had a client yesterday. She's like, I need some mindset. You know, she had taken some time off. She had some surgery on her foot. She had um, family visiting and that was all that was all well, but she got in and that kind of like, hey, kind of cruising, you know, mentality, like, you know, didn't have a schedule or anything else. And, you know, I believe in, in, in taking breaks and resetting and all that. But sometimes when that goes on a little too long, it's really kind of hard to hit the pavement and get back in the momentum and doing what you need, um, need to do what to move forward. Right. It's so true. So that's why you always have to work hard. And you have to, like I tell people this, so sometimes if you're tired and you can't, you don't have a lot in you or you're sick and you only feel 60%, you still have to give 100% of that 60%. So you give whatever you have because we're not going to feel 
great every day. You're not going to be on every day. Mm -hmm. So the days that, you know, you feel a little off, that's when you have to give a little bit more. You know, what's interesting, I, I'm so glad we're talking about that because, so you said, so if you're only feeling 60%, you still have to give 100%. So I think, um, again, this came up this week with a couple of clients and this so pertained to my life. I think a lot of people feel if they get up and they're you know not in the greatest mindset um, and they don't feel like they can get everything done on their list and have a hugely powerful day, they just kind of go, I'm not going to do any of it right? It's almost like if you can't see from A to Z how the plan's going to work out, it's like you trash the whole idea, right? Instead, just say, okay, so I'm not going to kill it today, all right? But I'm going to kill it as much as I can kill it, right? Because I've, I always say to my clients, I say, we're not machines. And I, I think we think we are sometimes, you know? And just because you're on it and you're killing it for like three weeks and you're feeling like Mr. and Mrs. like powerhouse, and then all of a sudden, you got to remember, it's the ebb and the flow. Life is ebb and flow. And, and some days, your 100% might be, you know, 20% on somebody else's day. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So, so basically, you have to give whatever you have. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we don't take shortcuts. So I learned as an athlete, somebody once told me, I asked for advice. I was asking a former professional athlete when I was 17 years old, having the aspirations of playing in the National Hockey League. I said, so can you help me out? Like, what, what, can you give me a tip? He says, I'll give you a tip. It's the same tip you could use in corporate America. It's the same tip you could use in your life. And that's don't take shortcuts. So when you do a drill, you go all the way to the line. Mm -hmm. When you're running, you go as hard as you can. Yep. And uh, one thing I learned too, somebody said, what is the definition of fitness? I said, I training, working out. He said, oh, the definition of fitness is the ability to recover. So when you're recovered and when you're feeling good and you're doing all the other things, and you mentioned that word back in our conversation called a plan, you will feel good. So if you have that plan in place and if you're recovering and you're not taking shortcuts, then you let the chips fall where they may and hopefully they're going to fall in your favor. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe in that. And I think most of the time, the shortcut ends up being the long cut, right? I don't think there's any shortcuts. There, there, there really aren't. I mean, you have to really have to go through it. Uh, there's no way around it. It's just kind of like straight through it. And I think a lot of people try and take shortcuts because they're fearful of just facing some of the obstacles that they need to face in order to get through it. But again, you know, things that appear a certain way, it only is an appearance. And once you get right up to it, let's say it's a, a, a fear that looks really, you know, challenging and really scary the minute you, you know, when you're first, um, you know, head on to it, but then, you know, the, the more that you look at it and the more you just start moving through it, it's really not that scary. Your imagination can, can really take you to places that are much scarier than the actual circumstance itself. Yeah. Because we have the same thoughts in our head, 10,000, thousands of times. I don't know if it's 10,000 times. I don't know that exact number. So you keep talking and you have that like that thing going on in your head and you, you have to make sure that you, you you have clarity and you have to make sure that you are 
thinking and doing the positive things. And you're not adding all that extra stress because what happens is when we keep thinking about things and thinking of negative things and, and saying negative self-talk, what happens is we sometimes believe it and it takes all that energy from us. So now that we're, we feel tired and exhausted because you played that thing in your head so many times. Oh yeah. So I'm a big believer at teen and everything you do. We think a lot of like, we, we talk, you know, we, we talk about mindset, we talk about different things and it's all how you approach it. Exactly. And, you know, again, that circles back around to why you stay and you give it 100% every day, because if not, then that negative self-talk, that that limiting belief has, that's where it has access to take center stage in your head, right? I mean, as long as you just keep moving forward, you keep kind of pushing that over to the side. And the more that you every day, like I do my affirmations, I journal, I write a gratitude list. You know, and I know when I haven't done it, I feel I can see the difference in my life. I, I immediately see it with my clients. It's the first question I'll say, how's your morning routine going? Well, I've kind of gotten away from it. It's like, you know what? You know, this happens every time. It's like, it's like a law, right? So why would you do that to yourself, right? Because, you know, I don't care if you don't feel like doing it. It doesn't take that much of your time. But if you know the the fruit that it's going to bear by doing it you just you know keep pushing through and you're doing it so so you were you that that your life was um professional hockey now did you know that you wanted to be a a professional hockey player because I've asked people this and some people say of course that was always my dream there's other people that are like you know never really had the passion for it but I was like I was married to um an ex-professional golfer and he never really had the bug he just was like really good at it so what was it for you? Did you just love it or did you fall into it? Well, ever since I was a young kid, I grew up in Michigan, in Detroit, and it's not Palm Springs, but it's still, uh, I, it's a, it was a great place to live. And I always wanted to go to the baseball game. So I went to the Detroit Tigers baseball game and uh, they were playing the New York Yankees and an athlete uh, from the Yankees gave me a ball. And I treasure to the ball to this day. And I had actually, I waited after the game and all the Yankees signed it. And someone said, do you know what that's worth? I said, I don't care. It's worth a lot to me. And I even tell my own kids that because that ball was so special for me. Because ever since that day, I wanted to be a big league athlete, thinking baseball then. And then I went to a Detroit Red Wings hockey game. And after that hockey game, I said, boy, I want to be a professional athlete. And I played baseball for the longest time up until about 14, but took it not as serious as hockey. So there was a time I said, my goal was to play in the NHL. In fact, I'll tell you, everything I do is a little bit about stories. I told my teacher, we had career day and the teacher said to me, it was our music teacher said, okay, what is, what, what does everybody want to be? And we can come up and come to the front of the room. And one person said, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a fireman. I said, I want to be a, a professional athlete. And he said to me, he said, it's impossible. For you to do that because of the numbers. And I said, and I, and my father didn't appreciate this. I talked about this once on my podcast with another professional athlete, we were talking the same story. And, and I said to him, well, it's impossible for you. And, and even though I got in a little trouble, I look back and I'm glad I said that because for you. when people tell you it's impossible. Now my parents didn't like it. I got in a little bit of trouble and I told the teacher, no, it's impossible for you. So now Even with my own children, I say, nothing's impossible. Mm -hmm. Everything is probable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And shame on that teacher for saying that, to be honest with you. I mean, that's an authoritarian figure that children look up to. And this is exactly where the, the, these thoughts come from, these nev- negative thoughts, because the beginning of your story, when you said, what do you want to be? Each kid stood up. I want to be a doctor. I want to be that. You know, I've told this story before because I've heard it. And it's true. When you ask a child what they want to do, they don't hesitate. They all know exactly what they want to do. You know what? They, they have that certainty. They have that joy. They have that elation about it. They have that enthusiasm, motivation. And you know what? Adults, society, as you grow older, we take that away from them. You know, we are the naysayers yeah. and, and we're, we're dream smashers. We smash their dreams, say, you know, it's not realistic or in your case, the numbers don't fit or whatever, you know, and, and that's where our life starts to demise and our whole life, we're trying to get back to that state that we were as a child, which was open, free. We knew exactly what we want. We let our imagination and our heart lead. And, you know, this is what I am so passionate about. It's interesting that we're talking about this because this is a free flowing conversation, but I was journaling about this this morning and I am passionate about getting what we're talking about, teachings and, 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 and following your heart and your and correct mindset into the school systems. Because if they learn this, you know, at a young age, nobody's going to say that to them. They might say it to them, but they're not going to believe them. Do you know what I mean? That's so true. And, and you talked about something. So we're, we're such on the same page. So the first thing you said earlier is have a plan. So I always believe you need an actionable plan in your life. You mentioned almost the robotic terms in the beginning of the conversation. Like, you know, we're not our body. We're not like machines. Mm-hmm. So you need a, you need that plan in your life. And the second thing is I call them rituals and rituals to me are journaling. So I journal uh, I should do it more, but I journal quite a bit and I work with people on journaling, journaling your thoughts. Uh, for me, my rituals, having a Starbucks coffee, is it the healthiest thing? But I sit there, I get up really early. Well, the first thing I do is part of my rituals, get up every morning and I start my workout at 5am. And then I walk the dog, my, I, more than a dog, he's like part, part of my family. His name is Sam. He's a big part of me. Uh, we go for a walk comes back in. I go to Starbucks. I start journaling. I listen to some podcasts. I go for a walk and I start my day. And that's all part of those rituals or journaling or whatever thing that's going to give you clarity in your life. So we're on the same page. I really, yeah. yeah. I just call it a morning routine. You call it a ritual. Exactly. By the way, little side note, if you, you said that the Starbucks coffee is not the healthiest. Okay. I've got a recipe for you. It's delicious. It's even better. And um, uh, it's bulletproof coffee. And I actually make it, you know, it, it, bulletproof is created by Dave Asprey. And actually he was on the show a couple of weeks ago and I've just added things to it. I just added chaga mushroom. Um, and then I've uh, added um, ashawaga, uh, ash, asha, I just, I, I just did a story on it. And then um, uh, collagen and um, some coconut creamer. It's, it's delicious. And all of the stuff is really, really good for you. So I'll, I'll, um, I'll turn you on. Where, where do you, where do you get the collagen from store? Where do you get your collagen from? Uh, uh, online. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's great too. I, I, but you want to make sure like collagen. Dave's is, is, is um, grass fed. You want to make sure that it's grass fed collagen. And I, I mean, I'm serious. Yeah, I'm seeing such right. a difference And this Ashawaga. It's an Indian root. And it helps with stress, anxiety, and insomnia. And I, so, 
I am telling you, I, I struggle with sleeping. I don't have a struggle falling asleep, but staying asleep. And I, since I have only been on it like three days and I've had the best rest I've had. So, I mean, stuff's really working. And um, so, so you have a, a routine too, and your workout. And so what, so then after hockey, okay. So you exited hockey you're always going to be an athlete. Um, I think once you're an athlete, you're an always an athlete. I was not a professional athlete, but it's always been a part of my life. And um, I, I'm as strong as an athlete. I just didn't really get skilled at anything. I mean, I, I did a lot of tennis, but I didn't take it as far as you took it. But it, there is a certain mindset. So tell us now, what are you doing now? So what I'm doing now is so when, I, when I got done playing hockey, I bought a gym and we ended up selling that gym years ago. And then I was trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do next uh, in my life? And what happened was I ended up getting involved with coaching. I met a Dr. David Medford from the University of Tennessee, and I started doing these assessments and it just took off over the years. So I started working with some big companies, like a lot of the banks. And I was a coach for one of the major banks here for a six week period. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was Wachovia, now Wells Fargo. And I've worked with different, uh, franchise companies that uh, we've done our program for, for many different people. So it, it's a performance program. Uh, we started off doing a lot of performance life balance. People know it as work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And, and I also work with young, young athletes, or you could say athletic minded people that want to take their dreams and goals to the next level. So, okay. So let's break this apart a little bit. First, we're going to go, cause you started with the corporate first. So you worked with the bank. You said, you said for like six weeks, is that like your normal amount of time that you work with a corporation or a large company? No, like we did something the other day and it was a, it was a one hour seminar with another player named Stefan Mateau and Stefan scored the biggest goal in New York Ranger history. Uh -huh. So we're good friends and we've done some stuff together and we've worked in New York city where I recently lived up to three months ago. I moved back to Charlotte, but I, I, I work with corporations differently. Uh, some of them, sometimes we, the, the, they just might want our leadership program, which involves a course and it involves uh, a profile and a debriefing of the profile. And sometimes they want us to speak. So each time it's a little bit different and we just provide something like it's, it's funny as what you said is exactly the, how we live, how I live my life and how you live yours. And what I'm learning is I focus on a plan mm -hmm. and we focus on which is actionable. I focus on rituals that are habitual, things that make you feel good. It could be reading the paper. It could be many different things that are going to get you to be what I call as ready to play, to have that mindset, to be ready to go. Exercising, yoga, meditation, breathing. And then we talk about measurable goals. So at the end of it, like if, like if you played soccer and you took the goals away, there's nothing to shoot for. So we always want that measurable goal. So we, we, we help them with a plan. Very simple. I mean, it's we keep it simple, stupid program. Mm -hmm. uh, plans, rituals, and goals. And we make sure we hold them accountable. We have some courses. And I believe in having them live a healthy lifestyle as well. So we also provide them with some good health tips along the way. So this is, so these courses, um, are they done online or are they done with you in person? How, how does that work? I mean, pre-COVID normally in a, in a, you know, well, even, even in COVID, would it be done individually or would it be like you leading it online or in person? I mean, how does that, how does that work? 
No, it's a, it's a course that we've been doing for years and it's right off of the, uh, right online. So we send them a link, they take it at their own pace and that's the leadership program. And then we have the lifestyle program on taking care of managing yourself, managing your life type mm-hmm. of program. And that's online as well. And we guide them through it, hold them accountable. Like they could ask us questions within the course and it's just keeping them on track. And, and, and the leadership part is a lot of fun because we do work with some uh, corporate leaders. Uh, so, and like I said, some very large companies and just helping them just stay on track, stay focused. And I always say in within our program, if you're going full speed ahead, you're going north. If you're east and west, we're a little sideways. And sometimes we get like that, especially now. And if you're going south, you're going the wrong way. So we just want to keep everybody right going north and full speed ahead. Right, exactly. Okay. And so when you say lifestyle, so obviously we've talked about health and, you know, so you do meditate, right? So for me, it's a three-legged stool. It's mind, body, spirit. And if one of the legs is, is um, if we are, um, I'm, I was going to say reluctant. I don't know where are these, you know, I'm, I'm, sometimes when I'm searching for the word these days, these strange words come into my head and I've got, I've got to find a supplement for that because I don't know what it is. But um, when I'm, uh, anyways, when we are um, neglecting, that's the word I'm trying to say. When we're neglecting one of the three, it's like a three-legged stool, right? What's going to happen to a three-legged stool if you're neglecting one of the legs, right? So I feel like that's the whole point of the morning routine. So it's, you know, working your body out, what you're putting in physically, what you're putting in here, and then also what you're putting in your heart and your spirit so you do meditation. Do you have a strong faith, whether it's religious or it's spiritual or anything else that you have a, a practice in that way too? I, I don't because I let everybody decide on their own. We believe in it. We believe in a, it, to have a spiritual part of your life, whether you're, you're Jewish, Christian, Catholic, or mm-hmm. whatever that may be. But I don't really get too deep into the religious side of things. No, I'm but talking spirit- about you, you yourself. Do you have something oh. in your own practice? Oh, I do. So I grew up, uh, my, my, my mother, my family's Jewish, but I was never very religious. So twice a year is the high holidays. And when I was a professional athlete, my grandfather would say, do you have to play on the high holidays? I said, well, Hank Reberg, who was a great baseball player, you may not know, Sandy Koufax was a great I know baseball that. player. They were Jewish. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, pretty big time athletes. And me, I was one of those guys that like, like I said early on, I was always on the bubble. So I had a... <laughs> I couldn't take off any day. So I did play on the high holidays. So uh, I, I believe in it. I respect in it. I wish I could have, uh, you know, yeah, my grandfather was a big part of my life and he's no longer with us here, but he's always with me in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe if it was different and I was a superstar, maybe I would have said to the team, to the New York Rangers, Hey, do you mind if we, can I take off a night? But mm-hmm. that's, that's where that was. Yeah, the only reason I bring that up, because I'm starting to speak more and more to that and about that on my show, because for me, I mean, like the reason that show is called Transparent Tina is because when I find something's working for me, um, I like to share it, you know, and um, also things that maybe things that I've gone through that are not that easy to talk about still, if I feel like it's going to help somebody, even though it's maybe not shining the best light on myself, I feel like I want to bring that forward. And this has just been 
um, tremendous for me. I mean, I've seen such growth with myself. I mean, I was raised spiritual, you know, my mother always, uh, you know, I was raised Protestant, but she got into spirituality. And so I was raised with, you know, God. And um, then I went to, to Sunday school and everything. And so, you know, I always kind of felt a presence, but um, it wasn't until the last couple of months that I've really just kind of turned everything over to whether you want to call it source, spirit, divine, you know, uh, universal energy, whatever it is. I believe that, that we are, are all connected through it and energy. And I think that for me, when I go down into a ditch, it's when I think, when I get disconnected or why I feel, because we're never disconnected, we're always connected. When I feel like disconnected and I think I can do this on my own, honestly, um, you know, there's a saying, uh, we are nothing without God and we're everything with God. And, you know, and then a friend of mine said something, um, this does go hand in hand. And he had said, um, God is everything or God is nothing. And just the, the fact that I'm seeing the word G-O-D um, is big because I never liked to use that word because it, it's such a powerful word. And how is it going to be taken? Uh, how is it going to be received by people that don't believe in that? And um, so anyway, I, I, I've finally gotten to this point. It's like I'd have one toe in or I'd, I, I'd believe when everything was going well, when everything was going well in my life. But you know what I've gotten? I've come around to believing when it appears again appears like everything has turned upside down in my life because I used to abandon that faith when things looked like everything was upside down I'd be like well this doesn't work I mean there if if this was true my life wouldn't look like that but the whole point of why I'm bringing this up is that when your life appears like it's upside down you still have to keep believing because you know what that is just a challenge to get you through to the other side to to like catapult you into the next phase of your life and if you if you resist it or you shy away from it or you stick your head in the sand it doesn't mean that you're not going to still have to go through it so it kind of brings up what we were talking about in the very beginning of this about no shortcuts you've got to go through it you know these are just lessons and they and we can make them as bigger and bigger and bigger in our mind, or we can just say, okay, this is what's put in front of me. Uh, and the good news is, is if you say, if I lean into this and I just embrace this, it's going to make the process a lot less painful, you know, and in the end, I'm going to be in such a better place. So you can actually get excited about it as opposed to turning your back on it and having self-pity. I mean, I'm just saying this because this is what I used to do. And that took a lot of time out of me, a lot of energy out of me. And again, if, if, if the universe, God, whatever wants you to learn something, it's going to be put in your path again. So sticking your head in the sand is not going it, to, all it's going to do is waste your time and, 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 you know, waste your energy. So I really just Perfect. wanted to, um, get that out because it's something I'm really passionate about. And if that, if people can get this, I'm telling you, that's like the magic pill. Can me. I share, can I share a story with you? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, not okay. at all. <laughs> and I, and, and I'm this, my, this is the truth. So I was never very religious, but I respected the high holidays. And my grandfather said, please just take off one day a year now. Okay. So you should. And I would sometimes I, I would go to the temple or sometimes I wouldn't. But four years ago, before I moved to, outside of New York City, it was Yom Kippur. And uh, well, I'll, I'll backstory a little bit. So my grandfather's last name is Laxer, L-A-X-E-R. 
And I told them, I told my family, my uncle, that I'm moving to Charlotte, North Carolina. So my, so right away I said, uh, I don't know anybody here. My uncle says, I think we have a relative there named Laxer, Eric Laxer. He's a distant, distant cousin, same last name. He's from Canada, big hockey fan. I want you to meet him. I said, okay. So I meet him 17 years ago. And, you know, no big deal. Meet him. He's a nice guy, great family. His wife, Judy, is a, is a, a dentist. He's a, an orthopedic surgeon. Meet him. Don't hear from him. Four years ago, I'm driving down the busiest road here in Charlotte, right off of Fairview. Busy time. I have a big car accident. Smash. I got, I guy cut across the lane. I hit him going 40 miles an hour, totaled my car. And that was on Yom Kippur. And this guy comes around and says, Mike, Mike. I said, what? I, I was out. He says, Mike, it's Eric Laxer. I go, what? He goes, it's Eric. I go, oh my gosh, Eric, how are you? He goes, get up, let me help you. The ambulance took me. Now, what are the chances? My grandfather looking down at me, wanted me to take one day off and Eric Laxer, I can't exaggerate this, look him up. He, he ended up calling, you know, he ended up calling my son at the time. I mean, it was crazy. He got on the phone and, uh, you know, my son rushes down to the, uh, to the, to the hospital. And, and what are the chances of Eric? I haven't seen that guy in years. And what are the chances of that? So somebody is up there. There is a higher power looking yeah. down on us. I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that story because I was just saying, I've been talking to myself a lot with this COVID. I talked to my dog a lot and I've talked to myself a lot, but I was just saying this to myself yesterday that I've, I've, I've known this for a while, but it's really, really in the front of my head right now. There are no coincidences. I do not believe that there's any coincidences. And, you know, we are always so, oh my, can you believe that? I mean, yeah, I can believe it because you know what? I, when they say that life is very mysterious, I think the mysterious part is you don't know what's coming next. That's what's mysterious. Right. But the, I think it's perfect. It's, it's not mysterious at all. I think it's really actually um, divinely orchestrated just to always be moving you forward and being the best version of yourself. So there's not random events and coincidences. They're all divinely orchestrated. If you look at it that way, you'll all of a sudden have this big aha moment and life won't seem so confusing or meaningless. All of a sudden, it'll bring a lot of meaning and it'll be, bring a lot of like vibrancy to your life and, 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 and motivation. And because, you know, I've been on the other side of that. I was that person where it was like, I was just getting through life, not thriving. I was getting through it. I wasn't engaging. I was just like, you know, a lot, I would say probably, unfortunately, like 85, 90% of the people get up and just get through the day and they live for the weekends to just really kind of, I don't even know to do what, because they've kind of lost all their interests anyway and interest in life. And it's just trudging through and, and does that make any sense? I mean, then I guess this is just life. Is if, if you think about it that way, then life's just big one big punishment. I mean, I see. I never bought that. I never bought into that. I agree. I, and I mean, there could have been a hundred thousand people that day that could have walked by there. It could have been anybody. Mm -hmm. I, and I'm thinking to myself, so I can guarantee you, what I did this year, I did not get in my car on Yom Kippur, and I did take time to reflect. And right know, on live and learn or just trying to do the right things in life. That's all. That's all we can do. We, we're, we're all human. We right. do make mistakes. We're not perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, but well, and we listen to, to your story, Mike, just because, okay. When, so when you say, what is the chances of that? So if our a higher power, something greater than ourselves can orchestrate that, 
it can orchestrate anything. I agree. Right? Now. So that's why I, you don't give up. That's why you don't lose hope, right? Because anything is possible. I mean, you've lived it. One day, everything looks like it's in the toilet. And then the next day, everything opens up. How many of you have had that experience? It's like, and that's why they say, just, just keep, just keep going. Just keep going. Because one, one moment your life can change. One moment you could be dead. And in one moment you're born. I mean, really, that's kind of how we, um, that's how, that's how it works. And I think we forget that. Tell us about, you've got a podcast. I know because I was on it, but tell us about your podcast. How long have you had it? And um, what are you, what are you doing on your podcast? So it started by accident. So I did a lot of work uh, in New York with the New York Rangers alumni. And it was during COVID, it was March. And one of my teammates said, Hey, we should do a little interview. And I, so I went out and purchased a uh, software to just in case I wanted to continue and it worked out great it was step on the toe and we had 6,000 views on Facebook and I got it's pretty good 6,000 people watched it and oh, then yeah. the next show I asked Mike Lodish uh, step on scored the biggest goal in Ranger history like I said and he's known all over New York and he had some adversity in his life and he overcame it and uh, it was great so the next week I did another one with uh, Mike Lotus, who went to the Super Bowl six times. We grew up by each other in Detroit. People loved it. They said, this is amazing. We love it. So then I did a third one with Adam Graves and Stephon Mateau. Adam is the player that has his name retired in Madison Square Garden and so forth and so on. So now I have people reaching out to me. We're in the tens of thousands of downloads, which I don't care. I've had sponsors come to, to us and say, hey, we want to do this. I said, I'm doing this for fun. I'm doing this to help. It's about stories, mindset, and champions. And I'm going to tell you something, Tina, you're the, I, we never really knew each other. I knew about you because somebody sent me your link and said, you should see Tina. She's great. Everybody I've had, except for you and one other lady who was on Shark Tank, who is a client actually, uh, and friend, but you're only out of the 50 people, there's only two that I don't know as well. And I, and I go with my gut and not that it's a privilege. I'm not saying we're so big, but we do have a big following. AAU sports has 700,000 athletes and they sent out uh, our program a few different times. And we had a New York Yankee on. And when I had the president of AAU on, so, uh, you know, I love it. It's fun. I enjoy it. I'm not thinking, oh boy, what's it going to do for me? I'm not chasing anything. I'm not even advertising. And I don't even mention my business on there. It's, it is not part of my website. I put it on, but we're on, you know, Apple podcast and Spotify and uh, Amazon music, but tell everybody the name of the podcast, Mike, the Mike Hartman show, H-A-R-T-M-A-N show. It's on, you're coming up. Uh, I do them in advance. So I'm right now, my next one is out in January, but you're going to be right around your birth. I know we talked about your birthday time, but it might be a little bit after that because I had to sneak one in that <laughs> one of our yeah I'm our... taking myself away next week for my birthday I've never done that before I'm taking myself away <laughs> well you're you're yeah, that, I'm celebrating so, myself we're going to be on I think just maybe just a little bit after your birthday but okay that's yeah. so sweet that you remember hey you know something else Mike when you were filling out the guest appearance form and you know I just love the fact that you said this and so I really wanted to spend just a little time talking about this that you said um, of the importance of paying it forward. And you know what, you, um, I think anybody that's listening and watching 
know that that that's where you're coming from because you you are so humble and you know I can feel your energy and your vibration and I can feel that really this is all about um giving okay and I think this is so important for us to talk about because again I think that we have all been conditioned um children know to give you know I think we've been conditioned from a very young age to get. What can I get out of this? What can I get out of this? And um, I don't have time to give, right? It's like, I don't have time for other people. I got to look out for myself, my own world and my, and my own family and this and that. And, and it's just the opposite. I, I say this so many times, like, it's almost like everything you've learned, switch it around and do the opposite. Because you know what, the more that you give, the more that you end up getting back, not predetermined. And I'm not talking about giving to get, I'm talking about giving for the pure intention of giving, you know, and, and first thing that I do, first thing I say in the morning, the minute I, and I was talking about this, I did a little story in case anybody missed that story, which I'm sure they did because it's only on there for 24 hours. But one other thing that, that I started doing, because I was not that person that would wake up, my eyes would open, or I would just come awake from a, a sleep and I would have like a lot of, oh my God, I've got so much to do today, you know? And it put that, that's the way I would start my day. So I, I, a couple of months ago, I, uh, the minute I'd open my eyes, I'd say, I love my life. I love, and I just repeat that in my mind over and over and over again. Well, now it's changed the neural pathways. It, when I wake up, that's, I don't even think about it. It's like driving a car. It's like the first thought that comes to my head is, I love my life. I love my life. And it just sets the tone. And the next thing I say is, God, how can I best serve today? You know, yeah. and that has really changed my life. I mean, everything just opens up and unfolds when you do that. And that sounds like the same thing that's happening to you. I mean, it's not just happening to me. It, it happens when you practice that, correct? Well, I don't know if you plan this or not, but you said one of my topics on my podcast was paint it forward. It might've been in the first 25 I did. And what I did was, uh, I'm I'm kidding with you, but when I went to the baseball game, when I got that ball at at the Detroit Tiger game, but the New York Yankee uh, visiting team gave me a ball, like I still have, I told my father, if I ever make it to the big leagues at any sport, I'm going to give a ball to a little boy and a little girl or a puck to a little boy and a little girl. So I'm going to tell this really fast because we don't know how much time we have, but I was playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning and it was uh, opening night and I gave a puck, happened to be two little boys hanging over the glass. You could tell they're, they're cute. They had their Tampa Bay Lightning shirts on and they were brothers and I gave them a puck. Okay. Game's over. Uh, I, I get a call from a former teammate of mine a week later saying, listen, I need your address. I go, why? He goes, well, you gave a puck. The guy's name is Clark Gillies. He won four Stanley Cups with the New York Islanders. And I played in rooms with him in Buffalo. And he was a financial planner as, in the second part of his career. So he says, I need your address. I said, okay, absolutely, Clarky. Here it is. Pops in into my house, has this big fr- fruit basket with wine and cheese. And it was from this guy named John Mortarana. And he said, I just want to thank you for making my kids uh, life. And I said, well, we'll meet. I said, I sent him a note. Your friends with Clark meet me after the game. Long, long story short. I visited his kids last, like about five months, six months ago when I was in New York, well, before COVID eight months ago or so we were in New York. I've been talking to him for years. His kids ended up playing hockey after that one, one 
yeah. One played college hockey and met his wife at uh, at college. So they joke and say, if you never would have gave our kids a puck, they never would have been interested in the game. Who knows if he would have been a financial planner in New York. And he met his wife. And it's funny how things happen. And I just gave a puck because that's what I do. And you mentioned my book. I wrote a book that was once on Amazon. Now it's free on my website. And it shows me actually giving a puck to a kid because that's something I always wanted to do was just that was my way of giving back because someone did it for me. And it's funny how things work out. Well, so right there, don't ever underestimate one small act of kindness of how it can affect somebody's life. You know, I mean, that's the other thing that I'm, I'm putting into practice is wherever you go, whoever you come into contact, give something away. Even if it's a smile, I'm not saying you have to pull out your wallet and hand over money, a smile, a compliment, helping somebody with their groceries to their car, opening a door, whatever it is. Okay. It will change your life. I mean, it, all of us did this, the collective consciousness that we, we would raise the vibration of the world. There would be a lot less hate, anger, violence. Think about it. I mean, and, and you know, you can be the change. And we are the change. And this is why I do this show. This is why I have somebody on like you, Mike. And, you know, you're so humble. You, you. you even, you know, before we even started recording, you said, I don't want to promote anything. But, uh, but tell us the name of your book, because I think people are interested. They want to hear your podcast. You, we already said that your podcast is on all the platforms. The name of your book and where you can find it is where? Well, well if you just went to my website, it's free now. It's hartman.academy, no.com, hartman.academy. And if you click on the about us and click on my story, it does say Amazon there, but it's, I took it off and I just give it away for free. It's a downloadable PDF. And it does talk about how a lot of people have helped me and mentored me at, at that time. So it was, uh, it's like a really a little blueprint of me, like you said earlier, giving back. And I, I wrote that purposely for my kids. It wasn't, it's not a huge book bestseller, but it, it was special to me. So now I leave it out for it might be now. The Hartman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hartman.academy. And okay. uh, yeah, you could download it there. Well, right on. Your kids are lucky to have you as a dad. I can, I can, uh, I can, I, I, I feel that oh, yeah, thank you. everything I've heard. Well, anyways, such a pleasure having you on the show. I know this is not going to be the last time that we collaborate. Um, I certainly hope not anyway. Um, and whenever I get I to the East coast, um, I wanted to go for the changing of the leaves, but I just don't feel like wearing a mask on a plane for six hours. But once this is lifted, I will get out there and I will, uh, we'll uh, meet New York somewhere. How's that sound? And you get to Absolutely, California, yeah. same thing. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again, Absolutely. Mike, for, for being on. And thank you, everyone, for watching. Um, if you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do so. It's Tina Marks TV. Uh, my website is transparentwithtina.com. And um, if you'd like to be on the show, you can email me. E me. You can email me at Tina Marks with an X, M A R X TV at gmail.com. Until then, everybody have a fantastic week and do something special for somebody today. Okay. We'll see you soon.